Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. Yes. Slow down and uh, take a minute here and uh, join us on the mystery of parenthood as we um, as we talk about some fun stuff today. But let's um, let's start with our prayer as we as we usually do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Hey, we're going to um, we're gonna talk about something fun. This, I don't know if, if the ladies will, will appreciate this much. However, I will say this. We're going to talk a little bit about football translating into sports and how that, how that can be um, of benefit <laughs> as a parent, even as a model, but, but, but just in and of itself, what we do. My, my kids have grown up playing sports. Unfortunately, I think only two of the four boys like playing football um, very much. And, and I'm sorry. And then, and then my, uh, my, uh, my mother was the one who really, even more than my dad, uh, encouraged me to play, us to play football. She was like, you're a boy and you're in Texas. Boys play football. <laughs> and it was just a foregone conclusion. So mm-hmm. we grew mm-hmm. up, and she was always the one that, um, I mean, when I think of games, I mean, even even as a freshman in college coming to the Texas-Texas A&M football game here, my mo- here at Kyle Field um, in 1983, um, it was my mother who got the tickets and my mother who joined me as we drove up on – uh, I think the Friday after Thanksgiving, it may have been Thanksgiving afternoon. I don't remember exactly what day it was. I just remember walking by the bonfire. That was back when the bonfire was still here. It was still smoldering hot. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't get close to it. It was a pretty cool memory. So if y'all will bear with me and maybe Thaddeus will, we can walk through. We, we did, we found an article that kind of prompted this, um, that prompted this and, and we may not stick directly with it, but it was, um, and it's the end of another regular college football season. It is. And, and when this airs, it'll have just, you know, all the championships games will have been played and mm-hmm. the, and the bowl games and the championship series will be there. So football's fresh on our minds. So I think it's, uh, and high school football, high school football is right in the middle of, of the height of playoffs. I mean, I think it's regional finals now. So I think they're down to eight in each section it might be 16 but anyway notwithstanding it's kind of the crescendo of football season so we're just going to do we're going to do one this one was uh this article that i think um you that is shared with me um from i'm not familiar with the imaginative imaginative conservative, conservative but um but it was interesting some of the things he said he wrote an article uh david I'm saying Devil, Devel. It's D E A V E L. Um, this is just he just 
published this back right before Thanksgiving, why we play football coaches and making of boys into men and the making of boys into men. And um, anyway, it's part of my life. It's part of the way I grew up. Part of my life too. Part of the way that, that we've raised our kids at various levels. And so, um, and we are in Texas and, and a few people like football out there. Mm -hmm. And just real quickly, you mentioned your, your connection to it. And, um, I grew up in a, in a home. Uh, my father was a defensive coordinator in, in Denver, Colorado for about 20 years, coached at, um, five different schools. Um, won a couple league championships. Um, he wow. coached me when I was in high school. Um, That's awesome. Which that, and that, that kind of happened um, coincidentally to, 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 some, to some degree. Um, so I played high school football, did not go on to play college football, but I have always uh, loved the game. I have great affection for the game, and I'm more of a... I guess my heart is more with the college game than than the pro game, but I, you know, I'll I'll no. watch pro football, but uh, I'll watch I'll watch any college football game. You know? Yeah, I will. I will watch any college football game, and if I if I have the time, you don't see it on TV as much. Although you can pick it up. I mean, I'll go I'll go sit in a high school football game, mm-hmm. even if I don't have a a dog in the a fight. dog in the fight because it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and, and um, I, I, there's just a rawness to it. There's an unpredictability about it. There's a very there's something very attractive i think from the standpoint that football requires so many people mm-hmm. to get in a place and at and at one time to be mm-hmm. trying to achieve the same thing together with each of them having different mm-hmm. roles mm-hmm. and you can you can kind of play off of this next thing i'm going to say but um i did go on to play college sports but oh, wow. i played college lacrosse cool that's a great sport. now if anybody knows anything about the origins of lacrosse that's the uh that was originally a game played by the iroquois and the indians of oh, wow. the northeast and of northern canada um and in some of those tribes and uh, peoples that that game had an the native game one of the names for that native game was bagataway and what that meant was little brother of war. And ah. it was a training ground for warriors before they actually were, you know, really, really doing the real right. thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that in many ways, I think football you, historically has had that, that place in American culture that it is, it's kind of the inheritor of that little brother of war, um, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, I mean, um, ESPN's doing a a deal on because it's the 150th anniversary right. of college football and 100th anniversary of the NFL. And 100th anniversary of the NFL, and the, and and they they're doing kind of a history of college football. It's really kind of picking topics. I mean, there's a sure. there's one that's Notre Dame because you can't really appreciate. Uh, college football without having appreciation of what happened right. in Notre Dame, but then there's when pro football started, how it was seen as something that was an aberration and even a, a demeaning of what football was. But at the very beginning, the first one is kind of the 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 history. Where did it come from? Yep. And and it was it literally was wars over. We're during we're a peaceful <laughs> we're at a peaceful the civil war time, is right? over. It's over, and we've got to put our boys, our young men, in situations that mimic that struggle against somebody because that's what men need to be able to do. And so it's got to be physically burdensome. It's got to be mentally challenging. It's got to be a relatively large number of people that have opposite goals competing against each other, you know, and so... And we need to find a way to... uh, We need a kind of a a crucible to form leadership in young men and also the the ability to be subordinates and to take orders and to 
you know, sacrifice your, themselves, sacrifice themselves for, the for a greater cause. Yes. Do, do your job, you know, all the, all those things. And it was, is really kind of interesting because, because the, where it started was at Yale and Harvard and, mm-hmm. and Princeton, the, those the, elite the institutions of those. And, and there's even quotes from president saying that of all the things that we're doing here at Yale or at whatever football, as it stood back there, it's a, it was a different game. Mm-hmm. But football is possibly the most important thing mm-hmm. from a development of young men. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not saying that that's the case, but that that's where it's coming from. It, like you said, it's it's the little brother of right. war. And in fact, you hear the word, the terms themselves uh, that are used: a, a bomb, a bullet. You know, in a, the trenches, in the trenches, all those things are 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 terms that would be part of war, which you don't hear in many other sports, at least, um, in terms of the terms being used. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it's an interesting thing. I honestly had not heard that. The game changed as a result because there actually were a lot of people dying <laughs> on the football fields right. because they, they, they didn't have the forward pass. It was a different game than we saw today. Much more clo- it was much closer to rugby. And it was – and. And the other thing that was interesting about it was that that the guy who had the biggest impact on it in terms of forcing them to change was Teddy Roosevelt because his son, I believed, almost died in a in a football game. Yeah. And he gathered them together and said, I love the sport, I love what it is, but unless you change it, I will shut you guys down. Mm-hmm. And from that, the forward pass was invented so that people would have some incentive to spread out as right. opposed to right. – to just line up the big boys in front and 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 run over each other, and right. literally that's what would happen. They would they would stomp over and and crush people, um, literally uh, under the pile, and people would die. So, uh, as violent as it is today, um, and they've been working on trying to to help avoid the serious serious injuries throughout. Um, the way I learned how to play football and probably the way you even, that is the way I learned how to tackle all those things have changed anyway, but a little bit of digression, all to say, all to say that I think it's a, an important thing to talk about sports in general, this time of year, football, it's worth, worth doing. It's, it's a strange topic for mystery of parenthood. However, I think there's some things that parents can glean from, from it that I think um, can help us in our parenting as well as we go, as we go through this, Th- this guy that wrote this article, you know, um, is saying he's taking kind of a controversial stand because he's kind of a proponent of the old school football coach of the guy who demands a lot of them and, and um, all that. He, he actually quotes George will um, the famous a journalist that's you know says it's violence that football is violence punctuated by committee meetings <laughs> and that's coming also from a pundit who is really a baseball fan at heart oh not, yeah not, well he's uh, very much a baseball fan not a football less so a base uh, football fan but 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 it's a it is um it is interesting but i mean it's interesting the way people look at it i think that what i'm noticing is a lot of kids don't play when i grew up I mean, most every boy <laughs> played football. I mean, now, um, at least where I grew up, um, now I think it's it's heading towards other other ones. But anyway, um, I think it's interesting looking at this article. Like he ta- he talks about that, and he says, you know, they're talking about the injuries that that happen and his and so- in football. So- I mean, hockey is similar he he makes but um there it's a controlled asset you know he talks about a controlled atmosphere where they learn discipline teamwork and other things what about violence and i've just not found that i think anytime that you know whether it's whether it's how you discipline a child or what what you do i've never found that just because violence is used <laughs> That ne- that necessarily means that you're you're creating a person who will naturally always turn to violence to answer a problem or a question. I I've just never seen that. It it, it gets put out there 
I think more as a straw man than anything, um, just saying, well, of course that's what happens. If you teach them violence, then mm-hmm. they're not. I mean, you know, we grew up playing football. Um, had I ever, have I ever gotten into a fight? Yes. I don't think it had anything to do with being a football player. It had to do with my mother saying, you know, when somebody messes with your brother, you stand up for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, that that's more along the lines of, of what that happens. But, but, um, but anyway, I don't think there's any, that, that part I'd skip over a little bit, but he's talking about, does it, you know, does it mean there's more arrests, more violence, whatever? I don't, I don't think so. And this is ultimately not going to be just about, about football as a whole. But anyway, what I do like about it, about football is first off, it, it happens in uh, really in during the plays, it's in an un. I mean, there, there are people follow, that are out there kind of enforcing the rules. But as the play unfolds, there's really total freedom from the standpoint of people can do what they want within the context of some rules that are enforced by other people. And I think that's a little bit about what life is, you know, and the fact that there is a mission that one, one team is trying to accomplish and the other one is trying to thwart. Uh, you know, they're trying to get to the end zone and we're going to run this play and we're going to run this play here. And the thing I love about it, as opposed to other sports is just the sheer volume of people on the field, (laughs) because it, it, you can think that the 11th person on the other side does not matter. And if you're a person who hasn't been part of a team or hasn't watched a bunch of film, it's easy to think, well, that guy over there doesn't matter. But if you understand the game as a whole, even as people, as coaches who draw up plays, what you realize is everybody on the field does matter. They, they, even if they're not doing something, they, if they're running a route that's supposed to keep people away, if they don't do that, if they don't do their job, then that guy who should be occupied by him can now go and make a play. And so a play that could have been a touchdown isn't. Right. And I think, that that is important. I think the other fact is, is that you have such large sidelines of people, people who often do not ever play that are, that are there. And it can be 40 or 50 guys of which maybe 20 or 30 never see the field. So what are they doing there? And are they important? And I think, I think it's important for us to point out to our kids that, all of those people do have that. If anybody doesn't, you know, Rudy, <laughs> if you ever watch the old movie Rudy, I think it's really important to point out that's, that even that one guy who may never, ever touch the field by the way that he practices on the field and by his support being there can be as big a, of, of a part of a team in terms of the culture, in terms of everything, as maybe even the star nobody's going to know about them but the team will know about them right let's let's take uh, another thing you can spin off of there that's such a good aspect of football is that you know sure quarterbacks running backs wide receivers uh, linebackers they get the yes. majority of the headlines but if anybody who knows anything about football the actual right. game will tell you that the difference is made in the offensive and defensive lines. Those are the yes. people, for those who don't know the game but have seen it on TV, I mean, those are the guys that have their hands down in the grass. Right. Right. The center, the tackles, the guards on offense. And that's de- typically where the term in the trenches that's right. is. You know, they're kind of the, the infantry, the front line of of the, the battle that's right. going on. And those guys only get their names called unless they make a spectacular sack on on the defense or a just a decleating you know block. Those guys only get their names called if they commit a penalty or they make a mistake. Otherwise, they are largely, especially the offensive line, they're largely unsung. They're they're nameless. Um, people don't don't know a lot about them. They don't get a lot of time on a camera. People who are watching the game don't, unless they really understand the game, they're not watching what they're doing, but they are fundamental to the offense executing 
to the defense executing, and whoever's winning that battle, there's that right. martial term again, that battle between the offensive line and the defensive line, is determining the outcome of the game in, in large part. Right, and, and, and what, what that can teach people is it's important. Their name may never be called. I mean, they're, they're, you may never hear. <laughs> I, I played offensive line, so, I mean, I, I guarantee you, other than my parents and people who knew me, nobody knew I was even out there. Right. Whereas, like, you know, my, my, one of my sons plays running back. I mean, his name was called 20 times in a game. You right. would hear his name. Right. You would see him because he was the, you know, at certain times was the focus of the whole play itself. Right. And so I think what that teaches us is everybody's got, it's kind of like the body of Christ image. It's, you know, that, that everybody has a purpose and everybody working together is the most important thing. And yes, some will be glorified from a human standpoint or made the goat. I mean, in, in the old sense of the term the goat now my kids call you know greatest LeBron of James all the time. greatest of all time yeah. <laughs> which i said but when i grew up the goat was the guy who messed everything up or caused a problem or you could point to and say because that's biblical because the the, the goats were the ones who are the people who are being separated and they're going to go to hell so goat was, was negative the, yeah so it's that's interesting i didn't even thought about that but but you know i think that i think that the the thing I like about it, because if you look at other sports, and again, I'm, I love all sports. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, and, and this is just about football because, like I said, the time of year in this, this particular article. But if you look at, like, say, basketball, it's five guys. Almost everybody on the court is going to feel they don't have a bunch of people on the sideline. Most, not, there are people that don't play, but it's a small number relative to the whole. Whereas you might over, over half the team – maybe even two-thirds to three-quarters are at any given moment not even on the field. And I think that speaks to it's not all about the glory. It's not all about getting job. And I think that may be part of the reason – I mean, this is just me talking, but, I mean, part of the reason that some people don't like playing football because you, there isn't the chance for the glory. I mean, if you don't – Yeah, you know another I mean? way to talk about it is you look at – let's say baseball, basketball, and my sport, lacrosse. Right. The proportion of people on the field who have a chance to be directly a part of the scoring, you could throw hockey in there too. Right. Much higher proportion yeah. who have a chance to actually score themselves than in football where yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking less, maybe less than half of the players on the, on the field have a chance to score themselves. Right. I mean, on, on a regular basis. The quarterback, I mean, the running backs, the tight end, couple the receivers. That's about it. That's I mean, less than half of the side of the offensive side. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's. And the it, defense's chance to score. If you play defense, yeah. even less chance for you to actually score. You may score. not ever. I mean, you can play your whole life and never, never score, score on, on defense. So I, I think, and that's kind of the, you know, the be all end all of football is, yeah. is scoring. And I think. What I like about that is t is kids having to learn it's okay to be on the bench. It's okay to not be the star. It's okay to not be the one who's scoring. Mm -hmm. There's something about being part of that team. And even if the rest of the world doesn't recognize and only sees the the ones who are scoring or mm -hmm. or messing up or whatever, to be part of that team is in and of itself something of value. And I think it's hard. I, I, there's not many places nowadays that has become less, you know, team oriented. I think our culture more kind of what's in it for me. Even in the team sports, it's it's you're starting to see that. But I love it, at, particularly at the high school level and at the college level. Still, I think you have that sense that, that at least points to the fact that when we get older. We may not be the millionaire. We may not be the guy that's on TV. We may not be the guy that's on the radio. We may not have anybody. We just may be the guy that goes to work and comes home. You know, the, the, the mother who takes care of the baby and cooks the food. And, you know, maybe she goes to work and the dad's at home without, you know, whatever it is. But nobody really knows anything about you. Yet you are integral 
to the body of Christ. You're integral to everything that God has a plan for. And I, and I think that's what I think is so beautiful from my standpoint about the sport in that you, you, there are plenty of people who go through a whole program. I have another son very rarely played, but had impact in terms of interaction with younger players in terms of encouraging, challenging them had a leadership role, even though nobody ever heard his name called. Um, that doesn't happen in many other sports. I mean, it can, but it's just hard to because you just don't care. You cut. I mean, football is the one that if you want to go play and you're willing to put up with all the beating, you know, the, of getting hit, they don't cut you from the football team because they need the people to practice. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll cut you from basketball. They'll cut you from baseball if you're not good enough mm -hmm. and you're at a big enough school. And so it's one of the few sports that there are no cuts. You, I mean, I rarely, I don't ever remember anywhere I've been that if they, if they had 400 kids and they were willing to go to practice, they'd keep them <laughs> because you need bodies, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. anyway, I think that's a, that's a positive, um, aspect. And even if your kids don't play, I think it's important to maybe point out, you know, and use that as an example that, you know, it takes everybody to make a team. It's not just about being the quarterback. It's not just about being the running back. It's not just about being the person that intercepts the ball. It's the, all the other mm -hmm. people who are doing their mm -hmm. little jobs separate. I, I think another, you know, beautiful analogy with, uh, or good analogy between football and our Catholic faith is we, you and I know of countless examples, we're not going to name names here, but uh, of great quarterbacks or great running backs in the history of that game who were on teams that the team never uh, never maybe won a championship or didn't have you know right. great seasons, never won a Super Bowl because they didn't have a very good offensive line. You know, they weren't right. – so a quarterback is – you could have a great quarterback and he's not going to be very effective if he – doesn't get the protection he needs to throw the ball. A running yeah. back is not going to be very good if he doesn't have an offensive line to open holes for him. And I think that that's a a great analogy for, I don't remember what Saint said this, but I'm paraphrasing something along, along the lines of, you know, the, the, the poor on earth need the rich to, um, to, to sustain themselves. Right. Right. But the rich need the poor to get to heaven. Right. And so I, I don't, I don't know who said that. What I do know is that if you read the catechism and I have to go, I don't have it in front of me here, but, but there is an interesting um, piece springboarding off of that, that they, that talks about God, the, the discrepancy between what people have and do not have mm -hmm. is part of God's design right. for the very purpose of people being in need of help Mm -hmm. and then providing people to help, mm -hmm. um, that that's part of trying to draw people into communion with one another. It's part of the design. Right. Um, the misery that may come along with that's part of the fallen nature, but the, but the, the interconnectivity, I guess, right. and, and the complementarity and the solidarity. solidarity and all that is – happens because if everybody had everything they needed, right. you could be an island unto yourself. Right. Um, if everybody did the same thing very well or could provide for themselves short of that, that's it. I think like, so one of the things that I, it's a prayer that's not said that much in the, in the liturgy, but it is said, you know, about work of human hands when he's, you know, during the, the beginning of the, at the Eucharist, you know, I, I when you actually unpack that, you realize that like a piece of bread, and again, this is getting back to this idea of, um, back to this idea of that we all are meant to be working together and are actually put in situations where by God's design, we, we need each other. If you look at, for example, we use God, Jesus Christ himself, in instituting the Holy Eucharist said that, I mean, said we would use wheat bread. 
Well, think, I mean, if you think about from the beginning, there's a farmer involved with that. Mm-hmm. There, the, the, and I guess he harvests it, but then there's somebody who has to separate the wheat from that. Then you've got a, then you've got a, the miller who's going to mill that. And then you've got the, the baker. And then, I mean, you've got all these different, the work of human hands, not, not, not like just my two hands, but the hands of multiple people have to get it from that. Think about wine, grape wine. It's the same thing. You've got people that, that raise it. You've got the people who are picking it. You have the people who are fermenting it, bottling it, getting it out before somebody can do it. He didn't pick something that's like – he didn't pick an, an apple. You could do some, but I, mean, I could go pick the apple myself. I can't go myself and just – I'm gonna to go to get. I'm gonna to go to a wine tree somewhere, <laughs> but I can't go get it. It takes multiple people to do it, and I mean, this is a. I think speaking to what you're talking about, it's part of the way that we're meant to be. We're not meant to be islands. We're meant to be that. And Jesus Himself picked as signs of His body and blood things that required multitudes of people to produce mm-hmm. as opposed to doing that, which I think a lot of people don't think about that. But again, he's God. He knew what he was doing and he picked those. It could've he could have picked anything. But he picked things that required multiple people to do that. And any one person by themselves could probably not get from point A planting wheat to eating bread without the intervention of other people mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the things that happen around that. So I, I, I think that that's another lesson that can be taught um, that in football, any, any sport, but, I, but football is everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's got to do that. And sometimes that means that nobody knows who you are, nobody that's at the game that maybe the only time they see you has any idea you're even on the team other than you might be on the roster. But the people on that team know that kid had an, had, had an impact on me as a player, even though nobody else knows them. And so I think that's encouraging for us because in the Mystery Parenthood we talk about how most of life and most of being a parent and being a husband or a, or a wife, a spouse, most of that is – kind of unseen it's just ordinary stuff it's just the grind so to speak that that is the day-to-day and i think all too often um this world says you could be doing so much better there's so many other things that you could be doing something more prestigious more giving god the glory when in fact what i think god is saying is it's exactly most of all those things that we do day to day that many people don't ever see that go widely unappreciated that are exactly what he's asking us to do to grow deeper in communion with other people. You know, I'm washing the kids' clothes. I'm changing their diaper. I'm feeding them. I'm going to work and I'm stopping by the store to pick up milk and whatever. You've never done that, that he said. No, never. No, never. Yeah, never had that phone call. But but I think that that again, any sport is like that. In the band, I mean, I can think of other things that you that 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 you do. Um, but one of the things that I think a little bit separates it out, which is the next part of including the violence part of it or the difficulty, is I find as a parent that I all too often I want to intervene to have the kids avoid something. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that makes sense. In some cases you should like, you can't watch that or whatever. But I think all too often because you realize it may be if they do that, they could get hurt. You know, they go up the slide and slide down again as a parent, you've got to know that, but there are, I think you can be overprotective. I mean, I think it's possible. Why is that important to say that? I think that in it, that sometimes you have they have to know that what they're doing is really, you know, except for interjecting maybe God's grace that what they're doing is them doing it, 
and that when they fail, it's really them failing and that it's okay to fail. If you're always protecting them from failure, then you're doing them a disservice because they're going to fail. <laughs> How do you help them deal with failure? When I, when I think about, I mean, every football play, you can get whooped. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can have, here's the assignment. I got to block that guy, or I got to do this. And the other guy's just better than you. Or, oh, I forgot what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to block that guy and I didn't. Well, that guy went through and killed the running back. You know, that's my fault. And, and what I did had an impact on somebody else because I messed up. Literally had an impact on right, somebody yeah, literally. else. And, 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 I, and I think, and that, that's every, I think that's every sport. But the reason, is, I think that, that communicates something to, if, if I don't know my job or I don't do it or I fail at it, there are several impacts. Number one, it humbles you a little bit. Which which can be a good thing. How do you how do you deal with that? Number two, you can get down on yourself, and I think it's important for sports to say, okay, the next play. That's what you don't have time. That's the other thing. Football. I mean, other than you running off the field or being taken off the field, I mean, you mess up. You only got thirty seconds or forty seconds. I mean, you go back to the. I mean, the coaching and stuff is going to happen somewhere else. You have to shake off what happened the play before yep. and do the next thing. Yep. That is a lesson in and of itself. There are too many people in this world, myself included, that when they make a mistake in real life, they can sideline themselves and not realize, hey, I okay, I did. Call a spade a spade. Go to confession, whatever whatever it is. Apologize. Whatever the right thing to do for your mistake is. But you but keep playing. Can I pause you there for just a yeah. and that's important though with not even moral things. I mean, just doing your job. Oh, I made all these mistakes on this report. You can't take four hours to be down on yourself. You have to just say, Okay, I messed up. These are the corrections I need to make, and I'm gonna turn around and, you know, get the report done so that I can do my job. Like that's that's such an important lesson. It is, and and so, I mean, I think there's a little bit of 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 pride that we all have, which is which is not necessarily bad. But life is going to humble you. <laughs> I mean, and our kids need to know that. Did you 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 make a mistake? Don't don't always say your kids are perfect. And and on the flip side, don't always make them think that they're always messing up. Mm-hmm. You you want them to experience while they're in the house what it means to fail, what it means to succeed, what it means to do something well, what it means to do something poorly, and then again connect the dots. That's what a good coach does, right? I mean, you play those plays, you made a mistake, whatever. The coach might work on you when you come off the field and you know it's like a kid coming home from school and saying this happened or a teacher called you and said and you deal with it there but 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 you deal with it with okay we're going to put you back in there you know here's how you fix this here's how you do it so like for us like when I mean it can happen multiply our our kid a child of ours may have not handled not doing something in other words they didn't they didn't do their homework the way they were supposed to do it and they're upset about uh the grade or whatever and they come home and they say and so what we what we always try to do which is what a good coach does and what a good parent should do is say okay listen this is the way life is you you failed or you didn't do as well as you wanted to on this the only negative that can come from that is not learning from that from that that's the only negative the, the absolute only negative, because what we need to do is start to take our kids, okay, what could you have done better? Could you have foreseen this? Sometimes things happen that you had no control over. Sometimes it's things that you don't even, you have to be as a parent actively looking for the situations that occur and helping them understand, which is what a good coach says. You sit there, I mean, I mean, we, when I coached, you know, football we'd go through a film and watch you know here's the assignment but sometimes the assignment was not just not knowing the assignment it was not doing it properly so you have to get on the field and say okay this is where you made this bad step or you didn't put your head in the right place or 
whatever. So it's not sometimes not not just knowing what the right thing to do, it's how to do it. So sometimes you can when you're coaching a child on hey listen, you're you're right, you should be upset with your teacher about this, but here's they're in a position of authority. So so you're correct in being concerned about the grade that they gave you and and maybe I don't think it's fair, but here's we're not going to go jump in for you. What we're going to do is coach you and so we're going to say now you tell me how are you going to approach her about why she marked you off on that? How are you going to say it? And then we walk through and model it and say, oh, well, you probably need to word it this way. Mrs. So-and-so, hey, uh, you know, how do you do it humbly? How do you do it respectfully? And you model it and you hear them say it and then you say, now go do it. You're not standing there doing it. You actually put them out in the middle of the field and let them do it and experience the failure the marginal success, the absolute success, whatever happens, and then come back and report. It's kind of like, that's the way you got to look at it. You're putting your kids out there. So don't be a helicopter parent that is always watching and standing over them. And, oh, you know, if you do that, you know, pull them back. You have to let them experience those, you know, those failures. And that's another reason I like, I think sports are great um, in terms of helping us become better parents even just looking at how it is, we should always be trying to say, I'm not going to do this for you because I can't, but but I can help you with here are better words you could use. Here is a better body language you can speak. Here's a better way to handle this problem going forward or a better way to make sure that you don't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, can we, um, can we back up to, The whatever you want aggression violence yeah piece yeah um I think something that is so good about about football especially is that it's at its best it's designed to teach controlled aggression right it recognizes that aggression slash violence is a part of human existence it it has been from time immemorial it will continue to be. <clears throat> But there are there are ways and times in which it is applied or not applied, right. used and not used. There's a, um, and I think it I think it kind of taps into the Catholic. This is going way. Um, I think I know clouds, where you got that. It kind of taps into the Catholic just war, war. Oh, I didn't go that, that philosophy of there needs to be proportionality in the use of violence. So you know if you are attacked by an enemy with. Um, you know, conventional weapons, let's say you, you, injustice, you need to respond with the same proportional level of right, violence. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's like with it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But, and so I think what, what is so good about football at the, at its best again, is that when you step onto that field, mo- the experience of most football players, most people that play the game, is that if they give a lick, and that's that's a phrase, right? It's almost certain that at some point in that game or another game or some later time in their career, they're gonna get a lick, right? Yeah. And it's it's very rare that you're that 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 just colossus that is astride the field that you never get just decked or blown blown up or you know seriously get get right wrong, yeah. But so you learn how to you learn how to take hits and then you learn how to get up and you learn how to go out and give a give a hit and stick your nose in there and that is critical for men for young men uh, absolutely that they know how to go out into life be confronted with a situation and summon moral courage in themselves to step in there and and do what needs to be done. And I'm not even talking about applying violence in, in a particular situation no. or aggression, but it's okay. I have to, I have to give this presentation to the board. I've never done that before. I have to summon the moral and the physical courage to, to go do it. Absolutely. And I have to, I have to make myself prepare myself to do it. And I have to accept the, the licks that the board is going to give me if they don't like my proposal or they don't like what I have to say. Right. And that the, all that comes from playing football and 
but as you know, a, as a parent, you know I, that's why I like it because it may it it manuf the, the the game itself manufactures those situations. I mean, in other words, it happens. Right. It just happens as a matter of course. You don't have to make it happen. It, it just is going to happen. Someday you're going to give the lick, but you know, one day you're going to realize, and you still have to go back out there after you got knocked down. You know, I mean, I, I mean. I remember getting knocked where I didn't even remember where I was and mm-hmm. headed back. I mean, but, you know, I went back out, so, I mean, the next play, even though I was bare. I mean, I, I have, I, mean, I am calling to mind a single game exactly, where yeah. I stuck this kid. Right. And then, you know, a half a dozen plays later, I got blindside blocked out of my, right, <laughs> out exactly. of my lights, you know? And so, but you still got to get back in. And, and you got to get back in the game. And so I'll, I'll give you an example that has nothing to do with football, but it does have to do with parenting and with regard to a parent looking at what's going on. And I can tie it to a couple other things, but, but when I was 10 years old, big mistake, my grandparents, my grandfather took me to see Jaws. Hmm. <laughs> okay. 10 years old. The day before we were leaving to go to South Padre Island <laughs> to go spend a week at the beach. Oh, man. <laughs> so so we get down there. Yeah, he didn't know. But it's, you know, it's so different now. I mean, now you really, that would be, he had no idea. It was like, it's new. It's PG movie. Anyway, he, he takes me to go down there. I would not get in the water. <laughs> I mean, I refuse to. <laughs> My dad literally picked me up put me over his shoulder and walked me out to the third sandbar. Wow. And said, now you can get out, but I will not let you sit out here because of something you've seen that has caused this fear. I'm going to put you in a situation that you're uncomfortable with. You know, the whole way out there, I'm saying, dad, you know, when I get eaten, it's going to be your fault, you know, (laughs) but before I made it back from the third sandbar in I was playing and played the rest of the time. Had my dad not made me do that, I may never have gotten back in the water. Right. And I think so as parents, particularly with boys, but I would say probably with all, when you recognize a fear, particularly an un, it's a real fear, but it's not, it's unlikely and we can't live our life trying to avoid the outlier by avoiding everything that comes with it avoid the beach at all costs because of the one chance that I might be in the wrong place at the wrong time and get bit by a shark. My point is, is you got to put them in situations that make them confront the fear that's in front of them. Baseball's another one. I mean, I had a boy that got hit by a baseball. You, you, you can't, he didn't want to get back in the batter's box. You got to make them get back in the batter's box. You have to. In fact, I threw balls not hard, but to say, look, at what level does it, you know, so that they would feel the the hit and say, you've got to be able to confront this. That's the manufacturing, so to speak. That's the cooperation of a man Mm -hmm. to be able to take a lick, to be able to confront a fear. And even though I'm afraid, it's not that my fear went away. Courage is by definition. I know what could happen. I know it may not be good. But the right thing to do is to engage in that, and therefore I'm going to put myself out there in front of that. I had an old friend that was a football coach, I mean a football player that played in the NFL, and I told him I was nervous, and he said, listen, the rest of your life, no matter what, you're going to always have butterflies. You don't get to the point where you don't have butterflies, where you're not afraid. The issue is you need to make them fly in formation. The butterflies need you need to be in control of the butterflies, mm-hmm. and the only way you do that is actually by confronting that. And so sports is that way. Football is one where I mean you can get hit and get hurt, and the answer just like it, you got to get back in there. You get knocked off a horse, you know, you got to get back on the horse. You can't let what's happened before do that. And so anyway, yeah. I mean we're down we're down to the end, and and I hope this was fun. I Can like I, talking let, about this. Let, let's let's go ahead. T- just one more go ahead. spinoff of of that, and I think nowhere, nowhere is that facing of fear, um, getting in and you know taking a lick, but delivering a lick, physically and morally, naturally and supernaturally. Nowhere is that more 
in evidence than in the our Lord's life. Absolutely. Right? He faced his fears at the agony of the garden. Yes. He took a lick by going Perfect. through his passion great... and he delivered a lick by dying on the cross and rising again. Absolutely. He he didn't come down here and like some muscle man say I've got this. You know, I mean, he shows us that that that, that it's not some deliverance from the fear. It's not some deliverance from pain and suffering. The pain and suffering. It's in fact through the pain and suffering. It's in fact saying, okay, I will engage in this battle. And I think the last thing I would say is with regard to that, and he shows us that it is a battle. Yeah. Boys in particular need to recognize you should all know the St. Michael the Archangel prayer because it points us to the reality that we should be aggressive. It's a battle going on mm-hmm. for the souls of people. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we've talked about today is merely kind of an example of from a from a natural level of what we need to be confronting with. We we we're, there are people fighting against us. There are, are people on the other side trying to keep us from doing what we're trying to accomplish, the mission of getting Jesus name out there, making people understand he is God and man, that he is our Lord and our savior and he's there for everyone. And Anyway, that that battle that occurred, he is the example of that battle. Um, anyway, that's a great point. So these are some these are some lessons of football at its best. At its best, it's got problems. It's, it's got oh, plenty of problems. Does. But at yeah, its as best, as long as human as long as humans are involved in it, there's going to always be problems. So anyway, um, take it for what it's worth, and um, and just know that parent with purpose, <laughs> parent with purpose, pray, parent with purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless you guys. Pray for us. We'll be praying for you. Happy Advent and um, Merry Christmas soon.